the Catholic Church is a church about life, about life. We want people to be alive, not dead. You ever meet people who are just not physically dead, but spiritually dead? You know, they're, they're complaining all the time. They're always negative. They're always down, you know. And just the, they're, they're like walking corpses. Sometimes you'll find them in church. And they're, they're just walking corpses. You can't get them to respond. You can't get them to have any fire or passion in their life. And they just go to church, and they're just there, and, you know, they're not doing anything. And they say, well, I don't get anything out of church. But do you put anything into it? If you don't put anything into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. Simple as that. You got to put something into something in order to get something out of it. And so our Lord wants to give us life. He wants us to be alive, not dead. You know, I, I think about this great miracle that happens every year, San Gennaro. I, I, love, I just love saying that, San Gennaro. It's just, it just flows. It's just great. San Gennaro of his blood. So many of the Christians would collect the blood of the martyrs. It seems odd to us. Why would, why would you collect the blood of the martyrs? We could say it was a keepsake, but it was a relic. It was something to treasure them by. Much as we keep a photo of someone that we love or someone that we admire or treasure. These early Christians gave up their lives for the faith. They were heroic in their martyrdom. And there were thousands upon thousands of Christians. There's Christians today that are giving up their lives for God. And I wish Christians would collect their blood so that we would have their blood as relics. And this great miracle that happens on the memorial of San Gennaro every year is where his blood is coagulated and it liquefies. Again, what's the meaning of that, of, of the blood liquefying? It means that San Gennaro is alive. He's not dead. Those who thought that he was dead, they took his life from this earth. But really, he's alive with Christ. He's alive in heaven with the angels and the saints and Christ. And I think that's what this great miracle gives to us, is that there's life there's life here on this earth, but then there's life after this earth. There's life after death. That the souls of the departed are not dead, but they're alive. And if they're in heaven, they're alive with Christ. And that's why the church is a church of life. And we wear, the priest wears red colors today. Red is, red is a color that's vivacious. It's alive. So if you see someone coming, you know, coming in with red, it's alive. It gets your attention. You think of like a woman wearing a red dress. It's, it's alive. It gets your attention. It's eye-catching. It symbolizes life. The, the, the red symbolizes the blood. And the blood symbolizes life. And so we need, the, we need blood to give us life every day. We need our blood to be flowing. That's why it's good to exercise every day. 
If you don't exercise, your, your blood's not flowing. And then you have all kinds of health problems. So it's good to exercise, at least go for a walk, get your blood, get your heart pumping. Get blood pumping in your veins and in your muscles. That's good. In the Old Testament, blood was always used for sacrifice. Why was blood used for sacrifice in the Old Testament? It's, it's because sin is in the blood. See that? So when you sin, it's, it's in your blood. So, but blood does the opposite. Blood gives life. So sin brings death, but then blood gives life. And that's why in the Old Testament, if you ever read the book of Leviticus, there were all kinds of sacrifices for sins. But the greatest sacrifice was always the blood sacrifice. Always when they offered the animal blood. And sometimes on major feast days, they would have to offer multiple animals for, for blood sacrifice. Like on the Passover, they would have to offer lambs as sacrifice. So there was a lot of blood flowing from the temple. And that blood symbolized that it was taking away sin and it was giving life. And so what did Jesus do on the cross? He's the lamb. He's the new lamb who gives his own life on the cross. He sheds his blood. He pours out his blood on the cross for us. He gives us the ultimate gift of himself. If you think of gifts that you could give to people, like one of my favorite holidays is Christmas. I love giving gifts. And I love receiving gifts also. It's great to give a gift and it's great to receive a gift. And you think of all the gifts and you always think, oh, what should I buy this person this year? The greatest gift you could ever give to another person is the gift of your life. You can't give a greater gift than that. You, you cannot give a greater gift than giving your own life for another person and pouring out your blood, your, your very life coming from you, the blood that's within you, giving that for another person. You can't give a greater Christmas gift to another person than your very life. And that's what Jesus did for us. He gave his very life. He poured out his blood. Why did he pour out his blood? So that we could have life and have it to the full. And that we could come here at the mass and receive his body and blood and holy communion. Do you know that when you receive only under one species, you still receive the blood of Christ? It's, it's what's called, in theology, they, they have a fancy word called concomitance. And I, I forget what it all means, but it just means the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Even if you receive under one species. So you're receiving the blood that's giving you life at that moment. That you're actually consuming the blood of Christ. His blood is within you, coursing in your veins to give you life. And Christ gives you his blood so that you can also give your life for one another. That's why Jesus says, no one has greater love than this and that a person lays down his life for another person. And that's what we see in the martyrs. They're laying down their lives for another person. That is why red is that color that's vivacious symbolizes blood, symbolizes life, symbolizes 
giving our lives for another person. Jesus does not want death. Sometimes we think death is my ultimate goal in life. No, it's not death. Death is the door to life. Death is just that door to life. But really, God wants life. That's, that's why at this funeral procession, Jesus comes to the son of this widow, and he stops the funeral procession. And what does he do? By, by his very word itself, this man was dead. There was no blood flowing through his body. His heart has stopped. And Jesus, by the word of command, brings life into this man. All of a sudden, his heart begins beating. He's got blood in his, in his veins. And then he gets up and probably shocked everyone. <laughs> you imagine that? You know, this is as they're carrying him on a stretcher. And the man just gets up after the command of Jesus. He gives him life. And he probably hopped off the stretcher. And what do you think he was doing? He was celebrating. Do you think he just said, oh, thank you, Jesus, for just, you know, bringing me back to life? No, he was probably, he was probably down on his knees, crying, hugging his mother, saying, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. Look at me, I'm alive, I was dead. You know, if, if we had interviewers later, they, they would interview him and say, what was it like to be dead? You know how we do interviews now? What would, tell me what it was like to be dead. I would like that interview with this man. What was it like to be dead? What did he say? What did he experience? Did he experience separation of his soul from his body? What was it like? And what was it like for him to come back into his body? What was that like? And to breathe again. And to go, <gasps> To have a breath again. That must have been awesome. That must have been such an awesome moment that the people were glorifying God. They were saying, a great prophet has arisen in our midst. God has visited his people. See that? And is it any different in the Mass? It's the same Jesus that's here on the altar. It's no different than the Gospel. Jesus, by his word of command, gave life to this man. Can he not do it again? Cannot Jesus, if we're dead, if we feel dead and lifeless, spiritually dead, emotionally dead in our life, dead in just every way in our life, and we feel like nothing is going right in my life, and if we receive Jesus and his blood is within us, will he not give us life? Does he want us to just be dead, moping around and depressed? No. God wants to lift, lift us up like he did that young man. He wants to restore us with his grace. One of the greatest ways of, of being restored, like if you feel... You're dead. You're just dead in your sins. You feel like maybe you're listening to this for the first time online, and you feel like, boy, I've made so many mistakes in my life. 
of sin, I don't even know where to begin. How do I come back to God? How do I even start again? I say, there's an easy way. Go to confession. Go to confession. Oh, Father, the, the walls of the church are going to cave in if I go to confession. Uh, the walls of the church have not caved in yet. We hear confessions seven days a week. The walls of the church have not caved in in this little shrine. They have not caved in. Yes, and you can go. You can come here. You can go anywhere you want. This is seeing confession. It doesn't matter if it's here or someplace else. Because the grace of the sacrament's the same. You get to humble yourself. You get to speak to a priest. You get to lay down your sins at the foot of the cross and not allow them to burden you. You get to hear the words of absolution. I always call confession a spiritual shower. You go in there. You, so in order to take a shower, you have to be naked. No one takes a shower with their clothes on. At least, at least I don't know. You know. Maybe there are some people that take a shower with their clothes on. But you're not going to get a good cleaning. You have to be naked. In confession, you have to be naked before the priest. You have to be humble. You have to expose yourself, all your sins. And then you allow the blood and the water gushing forth in the heart of Jesus to cleanse you of your sin through absolution. You receive advice and the confession where Jesus speaks to you through the priest. And then after confession is like taking a shower. Do you put your old clothes on? No, of course not. No one ever puts their clothes on. Well, you shouldn't put your old clothes on after a shower. You should put those old clothes in a hamper. Those are your sins. Put them away. Don't go back to them. Put on new clothes. That's the clothing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit clothes you anew. And then, as a little girl told me in a mission I gave, she said, Father, you're missing one thing, because I stopped at that. I said, all right, you put your clothes on, that's it. She said, no, Father, you're missing one thing. The Holy Spirit speaks through the little ones. I said, what is that? And she said, you have to show people your new clothes. The wisdom of children. And I said, you're right. You got to show people your new clothes, evangelization. And say, look at me, I'm new. I'm whole again. I'm not dead, I'm alive. At least I'm a little bit more alive. And look at me, the Holy Spirit has clothed me anew. My sins are forgiven, I dropped them in front of the cross. I received absolution. And I'm whole and new again. Or at least I'm in the process of being completely whole and new again. At least I'm a little bit better. Because there might be still more work that you might have to do. And that's okay. But at least start there. Start with the sacrament of confession. Because if you want to experience what this man experienced in this gospel, you can experience it in the sacrament of confession. Jesus said in the diary of St. Faustine about confession, here the misery of the soul meets the God of mercy. Here the misery of the soul meets the God of mercy. And if you feel you have so much misery in your life, you feel miserable, you're going to meet the God of mercy in the sacrament of confession. 
And there, if you lose in the sacrament of confession, you win. Meaning, if you lose your misery and you allow mercy to win, you win. You win in the sacrament of confession. Jesus calls the sacrament of confession, the Dari St. Faustina, the miracle of mercy. The miracle of mercy. Every time someone goes to confession, there's a miracle that takes place. It's the miracle of mercy. The soul is raised back to life again from the dead. Especially if, if they have a lot of sins. They're raised back again. And when they come out of confession, the angels rejoice. The Lord revealed that to me one time when I was hearing confessions. He said that every confession, when the soul, when the penitent comes out, the angels in the church are rejoicing. You make the angels rejoice every time you go to confession. It's a great way of experiencing this gospel today. It's a great miracle. We need miracles in our life. So there's the miracle of San Gennaro. It's a miracle that happens every year. And you might say, well, that's a miracle that happened. That's all the way in Naples, Italy, and Napoli. I want a miracle in my life. I just don't want to see a miracle that's out there. That's great. But I want that miracle in my life also. That's why I say come to confession. You'll experience that great miracle of mercy. You'll experience the God of mercy coming into your life where you can be alive again. And it's hard to explain if you haven't experienced it. Those of you who have experienced it know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know that I don't, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I went in and I feel good when I came out. That's what a lot of people say. I feel good. I'm feeling good. That's good. That's the Holy Spirit. It's new life. That's the blood of Jesus coursing through your, through your veins and your soul and giving you new life. So yes, the Catholic Church is all about life, all about giving us new life. And don't remain in that death, in that tomb. Allow Jesus Christ to come into your life Allow him to speak to you. Allow him to absolve you of your sins. Allow him to give you his precious body and blood in Holy Communion. So that way you can have life and have it to the fullest. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking 
and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.